0: Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Sessions. It's 7th of March, 2021. Well, thank you for joining me for our weekly time of exploring nature centre folklore, connecting this within your favourite sanctuary space and expressing inspired visions from your sanctuary through your poetry, writing, art, craft, performance and problem solving. Now, today's Sunday session is the first of our March tree themed sessions, and uh, this is going to be a bare root tree planting. And there's a sort of picture of it, not the fitting to the screen. I'll explain that to you why it, in a moment. and. Um, well, really, this is the season that most people may be planting their trees. And I'd like to hear your stories on that. Um, excuse me while I take a second to get my breath back. Uh, uh, it's been non-stop tech issues uh, from last night through this morning. And I almost cancelled. We've just gone on just now, just gone on now by a sort of hairbreadth. So glad to actually be online with you. I hope. I hope we stay online. Uh, it's going to be a very thin uh, session. I'm not going to have the photos and videos like I normally have. So I hope the carrying of my voice will be able to uh, stimulate you through uh, this session. Uh, I didn't get the time to prepare the work and include them. Uh, there's a couple of guests I've moved to next week. There were people that sent me quite a lot of content, but they sent it late last night through this morning. and because I haven't been feeling too good for a couple of days, plus the tech issues, it was just too late to include. So if you are, for any of these sessions, uh, submitting photos, videos, um, please try and make it by noon on the Saturday and I'll be able to edit them and fit them in. So apologies to those who sent stuff in, but next week we'll feature them because it's gonna be a continuation of what I'm gonna be covering Just now because there's a few things I've had to cut out to thin this down a bit. So uh, to move on a bit here and I'm uh, yes I am having a tech issue (laughs) here we go. Uh, I'm also as I say thin on the photos. I trust you're gonna find this show interesting anyway and let me know about your tree planting, uh, bare root planting especially if you're doing this and I hope Uh, you do actually go away after the show, as thin as it might be, with some lovely practical and imaginative ideas. Um, And maybe some stories to tell as well. Now, the topics uh, that I'm going to skim over today include tree folklore that's connected to the tree planting. Of course, being the Caro Crawley Sunday Sessions, what it is, I can't just give you a demonstration of throwing a tree into the ground. There's got to be the folklore with it as well, doesn't there? And I'm going to be planting a hazel tree as a demonstration. Hazel for the wisdom um, and symbolic of that. So we'll talk, I'll talk about that a bit later. So uh, I'm going to talk a bit about also, um, and we're going to cover this, I think a lot more next week, is the um, Woodland leaves uh, Forest in a Box. And uh, there's a bit of a picture for that. I'm going to tell you uh, what that is. It's a lovely uh, project. And uh, it's something, if you're not living in Ireland, you can adapt to it uh, once uh, you see the idea of it. And uh, I will have a panel session at the end. And I haven't got anybody on the panel live, but please, it's a question and answer session. So make that energetic. And I look forward to uh, your questions and answers about that. Uh, But first, let's see, there's a few of you have actually come on board, which is lovely to see. Uh, Thank you and uh there's uh theresa ross uh listening from southeast london lovely uh welcome here theresa and uh elizabeth flynn from county wexford our regular donna johnson is here good morning to you and sherry as well uh from maine lovely uh lynn gallagher hi hi there oh i don't know where you're from uh you can say as well that'd be great and sharon from london so we've got quite a a uh, UK uh, crowd here. I think, Lynn, I think you're from Meetup, aren't you, coming in from the YouTube there. Thank you very much, uh, all of you, for joining this, and as I was saying earlier, this is going to be a bit of a, a thin production uh, compared to what I normally do, but uh, let's get on with the flow of it, and I'm sure you will uh, enjoy some stuff. Now, these Karakori sessions, and I, I do this announcement, and the Labyrinth Gardens, so brought to you largely by our patron subscribers and um uh these days because of the subscriptions i got to pay if it wasn't for the support of them and some of you are watching today i wouldn't be able to uh put this on uh anyways <laughs> as thin as it might be today so th- uh, there you are for the patron if you'd like just a, a dollar pound or a euro or more of course uh, a month and uh eventually i'm going to get the uh, course uh, off to you and uh, you'll have free access to that which is a lot of the background stuff to these sunday sessions it's the she water and tree folklore course so thank you as i say again for your constant support and uh, now i can kind of uh, check on with this there's a couple more people have, have come on board as well it might be thin but nourishing. I bet. Oh, that's very nice for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> and uh, and then we got uh, Lawrence O'Gorman from Dublin. Well, thanks for coming uh, for being on board here, Lawrence. Uh, great, thank you. So, right, let's uh, get moving. Let me start with the intent of this session. Uh, I'm going to be including tree planting and tips, and along with a bit of tree folklore. But this is a lead in really for two things. First is to promote more personal connection to our trees, woodlands and forests. And this starts with more of awareness of the declining native tree woodlands and hedges around us. This is quite a serious problem in Ireland, but we go to England and there's a problem there. Various countries there are uh scotland has made some wonderful headway i'm going to talk a little bit about one charity that's done phenomenal work uh, with that a bit later on but uh let's think about the small things that we can do about this and they are there are some wonderful small things we can do and you'll find after this week the next two sunday sessions i'm going to go more into this and we're going to have more guests so this is what the next three sessions are going to be about so this is really a bit of an outline today uh to get you into the psyche of it all i suppose and we can all be the acorns that become the future oaks there's a nice phrase for you <laughs> and this includes being hands-on in the actual planting of trees and uh, caring for the existing trees uh that you may have in your yard your garden your little woodland uh, sanctuary or a little local neighborhood, uh, local woodland that you've got. And of course, it's not just about the trees, it's about the biodiversity that's all around them. And I think it was last week I was talking about uh, the talking of everything underground. I bring this up in Sunday sessions quite a bit. And you've probably read a lot of stuff and seen videos of how all life, all that biodiversity under the ground is communicating and it's because of the support that we get stuff that come up uh, on the surface and compete for the light. Now, this connection uh, is also guided by human connections that were once founded by the Breham laws of Ireland, worth studying. I'm not going to talk much about the Brehams today, other sessions I do. Uh, but this, the Brehan laws was once the community ways of living. And uh, it was in- actually inspired by the developed folklore, uh, along with connection to the trees and woodland. And I feel that since been since, been, since medieval times, I would say, it's been clouded by our replacement, diversive or divisive systems and culture, where now we have court judgments, blames and punishments, very different to how the Breham laws work. So many of us now uh and i think it, it we sort of take it for granted but we know it's there is we're psychically tree people without a forest um and uh, <laughs> uh ted um ted cook is one of, uh that mentions that quite a bit i'm going to talk about him a little bit as well now the second purpose today i feel is a lead-in to next week when we'll share ideas for our personal sanctuaries and even the tree labyrinth i'm in the center of the uh i'm in the willow cairn in the center of the tree labyrinth here and uh, we'll talk about yours and the ones you've got existing and even thoughts for planning and starting your own it's not too late but it's from a small place like this that we can start to return our connection and like with most things start very small be the acorn and uh and you can be very passionate it's not overwhelming and uh and Within a sanctuary like this, I feel that we can follow a more balanced, colorful, stress reduced, and forgiving lifestyle, which is what we deserve, rather than that judgment culture. And uh, was it uh, Claire was talking about the cancel culture? I haven't really looked into it, but there's this whole buzzword of cancel culture. I think we need to get that out of our lives. If there was Brown Law, there's no canceling, it's mediation. Anyway, I'm going off on to philosophy now. Uh but let, let's think about planting trees. Uh the tree planting sis, uh, season is traditionally so on to bulk, which is early November to early February. And that's here in the northern hemisphere. And this is known as the dormant season uh, during the tree cycle. In fact, it's through all life cycle, But us humans, of course, we're usually last minute with things. And and that's me inclusive. So the bulk of the seasonal tree planting tends to get done, not between early November and early February, but towards late February and through March. And even Irish Tree Week is starting 21st of March this year, and that has tree planting demonstrations too. And that's going to be celebrated online this year. But I believe even then there's going to be some outdoor planting videos and live outdoor planting with masks and distancing and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, uh, you can't actually be present, it's just being online. But at least there's gonna be a tree week uh, session, which is nice. And uh, really with tree planting in Ireland, you could get away with it until about mid April. There will be budding. I've got hazels uh, budding here. The orders are starting. The willows are slow. Uh, in here, usually uh, this time we start getting buds and a little bit of green, but not this year. Now, bare-root tree planting means buying and planting trees without being supplied in soil and pots. You just get them with the roots. Sometimes there's a plastic bag with a, an elastic band to keep them damp. Uh, otherwise, when you actually get them from the nursery, they're in water or they're in very damp soil. But now you can't go to the nursery. You've got to have the stuff delivered. And um, so you just hopefully put them in something and the courier gets here quickly. Uh, and the moment you've got them, throw them in a bucket of water. Um, but getting bare root trees is cheaper, it's lighter. And to me, it's the best way of getting trees, is the best way to get them established. And it's, it's certainly a lot less cumbersome than having pots. And commercial tree planting, that's done with bare root plants uh often known as whips and the, you have them in the bag as if any of you have been tree planting out in, and then you've got your sharp spade and off you go uh but first a bit of tree folklore that's connected with planting i need a little bit of a a drink here i'm not going to go the trees i did mention i got my i've got my junkie version of my book there it is the I've got the omen, Tale of the Trees. Uh, let's see, where's the camera? There you go. <laughs> I brought that up. That's my bane in the face breath. It's got the omer Tale of the Trees at the end. Loads of folklore. But I'm just going to talk a couple of trees uh, just now. And I think uh, everybody has heard of the saying, Knock on wood, uh, even if it's only listening to the Folk soul singer, uh, Eddie Floyd. And, if, and Has anybody got that single still? There you go. Uh, one of the uh, Stacks, uh, famous stack singles, anyway. And I think many of us say that knock on wood is a habit without thinking what it may mean. It's something we say when we're looking for good luck, or things to actually work out for us. In fact, I should have been knocking on all of the trees here (laughs) during the uh, challenges of yesterday and uh, this morning. Uh, well, I was certainly leaning on wood. Maybe it did help. Uh, but it really, it's all about knock on wood, hoping something will go well. Now, it's a phrase that probably goes back thousands of years, and it's said in many languages around the world in various ways. We may think our internet service is more important than the trees around us these days. Uh, but if we think about it, and if we remind ourselves that trees provide materials for construction, shelter, fire, food, medicine, think more about the benefits and we might start being a of our trees from the planting through to their growing. Now, some people think that knock on board came here from a Saxon translation, or it arrived even earlier with the Malaysians who became the Gaels uh, knock on wood uh, from old sort of garlic uh, if I can remember it is knock on fear or in uh, Scotland knock on fuck or knock on something like that depends on which island you get on but uh, knock on wood um, wherever the origin of knock on wood though the folklore is always similar uh, knock on wood being the calling on the protection from tree spirits that live in the trees, that some of us may call the she, fairies, ancestors, or the goddess. And some logical thinkers believe that the presence in the trees was inspired by noises as they move about in the wind. We haven't got any uh, wind today, fortunately. It's just a gentle breeze from the Southwest. But for many people, touching a tree, never mind knocking on it, but just touching it, and especially hugging a tree, serves a safe and deep-rooted, protected feeling, doesn't it? Um, you can write comments about your tree-hugging experiences and the good luck and wonderful things that happen to you afterwards. But it's always as if the tree brings back to us a collective memory that we call folklore. Um, uh, there's one uh, phrase I saw. I saw a meme, and I'm going to try and bring it. I think it's a quiet thing. Uh, I love this. This is worth reading. There you go. If uh, plants actually, it's plants, say, the trees are farming us and giving us oxygen until we uh, decompose and then they consume us. So the trees are in charge there. Uh, Very appropriate name. Uh, I think most people feel a sort of holiness with oaks, just like the visiting of uh, a holy well. And when we stand before touch and hug an oak in reverence, respect, or and a passionate feeling. We get this passionate feeling, I think, from Oaks of strength and protection. They're taproot, it goes way down deep. And even in the gales of the wind, you think it's going to crack and fall. Uh, some of you might be familiar with my own Dior uh, of the Oak poem, where I talk about this and how the tree holds on. And uh, it's quite a lesson about our own courage and stickability, anyway. Maybe we bounce off the stories of the druids and their sacred oak groves. And when we think of druids, we may think of magic. So we may think then that oaks being the containers of that magic too. And we think, well, that's where the druid, or the druids, that's where they get their magic from, from the oaks. And now a known healing use of oaks from the ancient past is tapping the sap water uh, from oaks. If you do that, uh, it's it's known as an excellent healer for external wounds. And uh, it neutralizes poisons um, from insects. I'm not sure if it's effective against adders uh, or snakes, but certainly effective if you fall over grazes, even wounds, because you're not going to get comfrey around everywhere. Oaks, uh, the tanning, the water with the tannins from the oaks will do that for you and also bringing down fever. Supposing you get an infection with fever, that's water, with the tannin from the oaks is great for that. So, so as I say, the magic there is the tannins in the oak. And we're familiar with the oak tannins being used for leather. And it's also famous for creating the aging flavor in wines because of wines being kept in the oak cast. Now, there are white oaks. And there are red oaks and white oaks are the most common that we have here and that are native in Ireland. We have our own sessile oak, and then there is many of the imported pendunculate oak uh, of England and also around Europe, Germany, for instance. But the, and these white oaks, they, they actually provide more of this sap, or this water, the tannin than the red oaks do. Uh, so they it seems we've got them. Uh, they're healing oaks. We really do have them here. And because they are so healing, the white oak, druids seem to, uh, they're in white, although some people say it's due to the mistletoe, but we think of the white and the oak being uh, of extreme reverence. And while that's all beautiful, these white oaks can unfortunately grow too big for most gardens, and they do cast, when you let them mature, once they're over 10, 15, or 20 year old, uh, they cast a huge amount of shade but um, that doesn't really get serious until the oak's 20 years old. You can actually coppice an oak uh, after about 10 years and I I believe in coppicing as a woodland manager and um, it is ethical, Uh, you get extra trunks but that's amazing actually for the wildlife. Now my personal favorite of all oaks and I'm sorry I didn't get pictures up of this because I've got lovely ones in the tree labyrinth here uh, that is uh, for the northern red oak and in the leaves are not out yet but during the summer they are the brightest of green of the trees here and then in autumn they change into a stunning maroon color and the whole tree is just a carpet maroon of this red leaf color. A uh, lot of you in the USA is quite a common sight especially up in the north northeast and I'm sure some of you will be able to make comments on that. And they stay in that maroon for quite a while until they actually go a lovely copper brown. And those leaves, where all the other leaves drop, they seem to hang on and they're here with us all winter. Uh, beautiful tree all around. Now, another, another tree, another one of my favorites to consider is the Rowan. Now, unfortunately, I've not had great success in this uh, Labyrinth garden here. There's other parts of the garden. At the back, we got um, uh, an overgrown hedge at the back couple of other places. There are rowans that are growing quite well amongst that. But the ones I've got here, I had a row, and sometimes we get deer in here, and the only trees that the deer would attack were the rowans. If they're in the forest anywhere else, they will eat anything, especially the oaks. For some reason, in this tree labyrinth, it's the rowans they go for, and there'll be one night, it's usually in spring, that they come in and they munch them, and off they go. But, as I say, we got two or three, so It's a balance of nature they leave what we need i suppose now in folklore rowans always believed to be the presence of good uh, along with the calling upon for the presence of the earth goddess i've gone into detail with this uh with the sunday sessions especially the Suwan ones of men in in court circles calling on uh for the presence of the goddess by burning rowan sticks now but another thing i probably haven't mentioned is uh Baby's uh, children's cradles, they used to be made out of um, rowan wood uh, or, and even onto the first bed when they're toddlers. And this is due to the belief that the rowan draws protection from either the earth mother, from the she or the angels, and also, and you probably heard this one, to prevent the baby or the young child, especially if it's a boy, becoming a stolen child taken away by the fairy trickery. And there's also a tradition uh, that a rowan close to your front door, but not too close, otherwise it'll damage the foundations. But have one fairly close, and it's said to be a great way of warning off disturbing visitors that may try and visit you, uh, or even the unseen disturbing visitors. I'm reluctant to use that E-word. So it's intriguing how most rowan trees have struggled here uh, in this tree labyrinth at Carrorie. Though, as I say, we have a couple of beauties. Perhaps that's all we need for the protection. We've got all these other trees. We've got the oats, we've got the ash, uh, horse, chestnut, uh, poplar, uh, beeches, birches, uh, hawthorns, of course. So we're not pretty deprived. Anyway, it's intriguing. Ruins are perhaps the least fussiest trees with soil. So what's happening here? They seem to tolerate anything, any type of soil, even the extreme damp, uh, soil, um, dry soil, droughted soil, and even any frost conditions are thrown at it. And there's many um, beautiful uh, cultivars which are garden worthy, which um, are not grown because they're too big for the average pot. Now, one more tree I'm going to talk about is elder. And like with hawthorn and blackthorn, elder is one a tree to treat with respect now there's many legends about the spirits of former witches that were on earth that their spirits are now living in elder trees but they're said to be sensitive and if you treat an elder well um no need of needle don't do any needless knocking on wood for instance but if you treat the tree with uh, respect there's another folklore belief that the elder will also be protective but Be sensitive. And there's a belief that you never start a fire with the elder twigs. Otherwise, the resident twig within the elder tree they came from uh, would be furious. And unlike the Rowan, never plant an elder near your front door because it's said that the witch spirits living in there at the first opportunity, out of the doors open, they would jump out, jump into your home and take over your home and be constant mischief in your home. Uh, never mind about Mercury retrograde, it'd be it'd be permanent. Uh so treat elder trees right and without intrusion and the resident re- witch spirits, they uh, that'll ensure that you'll be supplied with lots of elder flowers and lots of berries, and that's what will protect you and give good health. Anyway, after that battle, let's see what you what you have to say about all that. Um there we go. Uh bear, yeah, uh sorry. I know you were one of the people that sent um, uh, an inclusion. I'm going to look at it. We'll probably put that in next week. Thank you. And as Elizabeth is saying hello, Bear. There you go. Uh, more Bear. There's Bear again with another comment. I did a wee video of me planting trees this morning. Sorry, uh, because of the tech, as I say, I had tech issues um, yesterday and today, and also, unfortunately. Through today, the setting up takes time, the edit, final editing takes time. And when there's a video, there's usually, I have to reformat it in some way. Uh, it's very rarely do I get a video that can just slip in uh, to uh, the stream. Um, a lot of people send, for instance, they send in uh, their videos uh, in portrait rather than landscape. So I've got to mess with that. Also, most people send videos in the Move MOV. Format, I've got to change that to MP4, so stuff like that. But we will include it uh, next week because it's going to include a bit more tree planting. So sorry about that, bear, that we couldn't because that would have been lovely. And Chinese proverb here the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is now. Plenty of memes on that, but that is, we can't say that one too often, can we, Sherry? Uh, A daily reminder is perfectly okay with that one. Uh, Fabulous. Uh, there's oh, Claire's on board. Hello, Claire. Uh, Claire, lovely to see you and hear you, John, and uh, learn about planting. Uh, Claire's been a saviour here. I'm going to have to do a video, maybe for next week as well, i include it, because I haven't been able to do the spring maintenance on the Labyrinth Gardens. So Claire's done it, pretty much done it all this year. So I'll have to do a video uh, of her work because it's really fabulous and we got it done in record time. Uh, all the sort of spring stuff we have to do here uh, as a maintenance and I'm going to talk about doing that with your sanctuary next week so thank you Claire and glad you're uh, listening and our, uh, our respect for to when we put the emphasis on the economy rather than the environment there's a lot to be said for that as well a different culture. Uh, Margie looking forward to hearing about tree planting planted some native fields uh, trees over the years. Only some of them have survived the deer. Yeah, that is the problem. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit about that. Uh, I hope I'll have a bit more video and photographs to talk about the deer issue. And then of course, uh, with you, Marty, you're right on the edge of the Lock, uh, key Forest Park. a uh, Huge population of deer that's going to munch whatever they can. And of course, they'll go to people's houses to and their yards and gardens to do munching rather than the forest. The buggers. Uh, Sandra, Elizabeth, uh, good morning. I think I've covered you all uh, for now. So thank you all for, oh, what's this one? This must be new. Uh, We had a customer in the garden center. Oh, you're in the garden center. Lovely. Uh, He was almost fainting with terror. He had some work. A rowan tree had been badly damaged, and so it was yanked out by a worker. So he was down, uh, he wanted a rowan immediately. No messing. Uh, through, oh, well, there's someone who really understands his ruin, isn't it? Well, uh, he was terrified that he w- wasn't protected from fire as a result of the old road. As far as fire protection, I'm as I say, I'm not c- uh, covering all uh, trees, but the one great tree in folklore for fire protection, especially lightning, is the holly tree very slow grower isn't it though often the holly takes seven years to grow an inch but that's something to consider so i think um let's move on Uh, i think i'm gonna plant a tree next so this is this is where the tech stuff gets uh chanted i tried to make a video of me planting a hazel tree and because of all the stuff that went on yesterday i never got it made never got it made this morning so i'm gonna have to try and do this live uh, for you uh, right now uh, so let's uh let's try and have a go at this uh let's make the arrangements as needed um right ah great so i've got a few gaps uh in this uh tree labyrinth here and i decided i'm going to fill them with hazels because i don't think there's enough hazels not enough hazelnuts in ireland so I'm on a little bit of a campaign of more hazels. Because when uh, I lived in the inner Hebrides and around Scotland, Argyll especially, and I think Ross and, and Krant, too, Will Ross anyway, there's hedges of hazels everywhere. And it's wonderful uh, in the fall, in the autumn. You can just go along the hedgerows and pick uh, hazels there. And then there's still plenty for the wildlife. The abundance is incredible. Well, I think we need that in Ireland as well. Now, uh, before the show, I tried the gaps where I wanted the hawthorns. Two had big boulders in them because I was digging down. I was trying to dig a hole in advance. So you don't watch me trying to dig a hole uh, on this session. But there were these big boulders and I wasn't feeling great. Oh, no, leave them alone. Got to the third place. What do I find? Plywood <laughs> buried underneath. I thought, well, out of the evils, the plywood might be easier to remove. So I've uh, removed some of that. Uh, So anyway, I'm going to go off now and um, plant a hazel tree. But before that, uh, let's think about hazel again, the mythology, the wood of wisdom. And there's a story that there was nine hazel trees in the time of Tour de Don and uh, the source of the Boyne River near Carberry, uh, County Gildare. And they said that these nine hazels provided the people of... Era, Eriu, their source of wisdom that somehow is spread across this whole island. And there are better known stories about, of course, you'll know about the Sam Knowledge. That gets linked to the Boyne as well, as well as uh, the Shannon, the Shannon, and the story there from the Shannon Pot, very similar. Uh, the Shannon P- picking the hazels there. Uh, so Hazel was at the source of river, the source of wisdom, and uh, from there, the salmon eating the nuts flowing down the river and this time it's salmon of knowledge not salmon of wisdom and there's so the because uh, the hazelnuts have been eaten uh there's sometimes hazelnuts still wells more often it's hawthorns isn't it these days uh, but i'm going to talk about the differences between wisdom and knowledge during trees in water that's going to be a sunday session at the end of the month 28th of march so i'll talk about that more about uh, the trees at the sources of uh, rivers and also at wells. So let's um, plant a wisdom, a wisdom-inspiring hazel tree. So uh, let's see. I'm going to have to set this up so you don't try. Uh, so you don't get some echo uh, because I'm going off to another computer, another camera sort of thing. So I think I've got I've got to get rid of this. Uh, get rid of me here. Uh, And so you'll have the background for a while. I'm just thinking I'm supposed to be doing this. I was going to have a sort of a transition video, but I never got that done. So I'm going to take me away and uh, enjoy the scene for a minute or two in silence. Think about your wisdom and I'll switch on from the other. Can you hear me? Can you hear me there? I was having a uh, sorry, it took a while. It took me a while to actually uh, get a, a, the audio. Hello. I'm back, Uh, make sure I've got audio. Uh, Can you hear me now? (laughs) Uh. Right, how's the audio doing? Uh. Ah, hi, Big Bear. Yeah, you probably came in after I said that, I don't know what happened there i've had tech headaches as i say i t- did a test uh about half hour before audio was fantastic over there but somehow it got lost anyway i'll tell you a bit about what i was doing there um i was going to recite the cola hazel but i think you uh my poem of that but i think you've heard that so many times and times getting on uh I'll explain a bit about what I was doing there. And there's a few tips about planting too. Now, as I was mentioning earlier, don't let the bare root, uh, don't let those roots go dry. If delivered by the courier, unpack immediately, put into a bucket of water uh, if drying out. Uh, But if it's gonna be a few days before you plant out, uh, notice I had a pot there, the first pot was compost. Mix of soil and compost that's matured a while. I think that's been maturing for a couple of years. And uh, just pot up the plants and then when you're about to plant out, you can pull them back out of the pot, use that pot for something else. Uh, maybe you're going to pour the, that compost back in into your hole. Uh, your own common sense will work that one out. Uh, the compost there it was first thing I put in to surround the roots. Uh, if you're bare root plant is now notice that one there was one thing i missed out that bare root hazel was well grown it was well over three feet and uh, usually for that height you need a stake and uh, you put you actually put the stake into the ground and if the audio had been working i would have moved the uh camera around and shown you an, another tree i've got a japanese weeping willow That actually does have a stake on it. So I wanted to use that as a demonstration, and perhaps I'll use photos next week. But put that stake in before you plant the tree so you don't damage the root ball. Um, But obviously, uh, plant your tree before actually trying to... uh, Don't tie your tree plant to the stake before you actually planted it. It seems an obvious thing, but maybe there's something someone might do, and it's something I might have done in the past. I'm not sure. Anyway, get that stake in first, then plant your tree. Don't worry about bringing them together just yet. Uh, fill the hole with solid and uh, stuff, compost, and uh, well above where the roots came out of the trunk. I suppose you might have noticed that where the the top roots were coming into the trunk. I filled up with uh, the compost and soil mix and then the soil that I'd taken out, which was pretty good quality. You might have noticed, put that on top. And so it went up to above and uh, what I didn't do because I thought it was nourishing enough but you could add mature uh, chicken poop and dried blood, bone meal or whatever you've got around you. Uh, make sure none of that stuff is too fresh but none of that is essential. Uh, and if you do put any kind of feed like that, don't put too much on, you don't need it. Trees are very good at sending their own roots down to Uh, and across for hunting out their own feed, mineral feed. That's one thing trees are very good at is hunting and feeding themselves by breaking down minerals out of the soil. They'll find it, doesn't matter if it's rocky, clay, whatever, the trees will do it. So um, the best thing is to actually encourage the tap roots to go down. That's the best thing to do. If you feed them too much, then you might encourage the side roots to go sideways and that could cause your tree plant to be fragile in a wind. I think the using tree fertilizers is, you know, there's artificial fertilizers used in forestry plantations. I don't see the sense of it, it's absolute nonsense because there's been healthy forests for millions of years before the creation of human-made fertilizers. I think it's just a money thing. So put in your soil and compost, ferment, uh, with your shoe, like I did, keep the plants standing firm. And when rain comes along, I'll firm it up even more. Um, if you find uh, that your planted tree starts leaning over, where I put it, it's not going to really be affected by the winds that we get here. It's well protected there. But if you find they do lean over, somehow there is a storm. And I've had that here in the tree labyrinth. They start leaning over. Uh, or the soil gets very waterlogged. You've got several days of rain here, non-stop. It can get waterlogged and it loosens the roots and they start falling. So these are situations uh, when you may need to put a stake in later. Um, and, um, so be careful, you've got to take the chance then. Now regarding, uh, you know, trees, you've got trees in the stake and bringing them together. And uh, I I had hoped to show you on a picture, but you're probably familiar with them. uh, Those adjustable rubber uh, ties. A lot of people think, oh, that's not very eco. And they might not like the look of them. Fair enough, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But I do find them uh, convenient for a while. I don't leave them on for long. Once uh, a tree has matured over three to five years and it's got its own strength, I take it all away. And uh, maybe on apple trees, I'll hold it a bit but they're great because you can adjust them and so you're not strangling the tree and if you find you're putting a stake in later and you don't want to upset the root ball and you've got the stake quite away from the tree they are flexible and sometimes I've joined two together uh, to hold the stake up um again common sense stuff um another concern some people think well those rubber tires they'll fall down um with the shaking about I for me, that, that hasn't happened. Um, so, uh, but what a lot of people do, you go into forestries, some people are quite keen that with those rubber adjustables, they'd stick a nail through the rubber into the stakes, not the tree, of course, into the stake, but I, I've never done that. I don't I don't find slipping is a problem with them. Now, if you don't like those rubber adjustables, use any plant-based thick string, hemp, sisal, narrow uh, either thick string or narrow rope both good and with these uh, and also the rubber ties check them often uh, to make sure that they're not cutting into the tree very important Uh, one other tip if your bare root plant is between is more than six feet or two meters high very few people do this with bare roots but if you do happen to get a large one (coughs) excuse me also bury a perforated piece of hose pipe, uh, so you have got the stake, the, the hose pipe, and the tree all getting buried there. Reason for that is the to, to be able to water deep down to your tap root uh, when there's drought conditions. People in California that could be very important. Um, but after about three years, you can pull the pipe out, as the tree will be able to sort out its own hunt for water as well. Um, you can, as I see, I had some um, bark mulch there, you can have leaf mulch, bark mulch, uh, put it over the top, it keeps the water in, uh, insects like it, we got frogs around here, they like to actually shelter under that as well, uh, and a lot of creatures do that, so as well as uh, preserving uh, the water down below, it's very good for the biodiversity as well, uh, to have some mulch down. And in a way, it's sort of impersonating a little bit, the forest floor. Uh, Because we start with uh, around here, um, we do get a bit of drought conditions uh, starting from about mid-April, May and June in Ireland. And then, boom, the water, the rain starts coming in July. So it's a very good time to check your ties and any states between now and July. But really, check at least four times a year. Um, weeding. Uh, some of these trees around here, you might have seen from the videos, had sort of weeds and grass. Uh, I would say pull away the major competition like rushes, couch grass, and similar. Anything within three feet or uh, within a meter, pull it away for the first three to five years. Uh, after five years, it's definitely not critical unless something is very severe like the couch grass. Just keep an eye on it. Uh, But after five years, you can just let everything be natural. Also, keep checking for broken and dead branches and prune back if needed. You can paint with organic sealant uh, that gives extra protection. Keep checking for drought and dry soil, as I say, May and June. and Water if needed during that dry time. But, and we're going to talk about this a lot more next week and the week after, relax and sit with your trees when you can and connect with them through all seasons and surely that's the most important personal purpose of planting aside from carbon sequestration and this extra oxygen that they're going to give out so what about some advice of uh what trees to plant and where um you'll notice there i uh, that i put the hazel it was quite close to other trees I do that. This is a tree labyrinth. And one thing with hazel, with alder, with willows, you can plant them close together. Uh, With oaks, that could be a problem eventually, same with ash. But um, we can do that. And that's lovely. One of the things when you've got those trees together, the amount of oxygen they give out can be more than a singular oak. Uh, So that's something you can do. That's why they're great hedging plants as well. So if your land is boggy, as it was here, the top priority is the alder and willow. And birches can be planted. And not long after we put those in, add the hawthorn, blackthorn, rowan, and poplar. Now, if you're near the coast, you can also, uh, or buy a large lock, a large lake. You can also add strawberry tree, that's native to Ireland, holly, whitebeam, they're good in a near water situation. Also, sycamore, that's an import, very useful. Home oak with those beautiful, not regular oak leaves, it's sort of almost like an ash leaf. They're lovely. Sweet chestnut is another one that's great by the lockside as well. They grow well. Uh, now, if your planting site is cold and the soil never seems to warm up, birch, hawthorn, poplar, oak, ash, juniper uh, was once a native here. Pines very good for that. Hazel and beech too. I wish I had the photos, but we'll talk about that another time. Now, uh, also if it's cold, you could add sycamore, lime. Larch and cedar—they'll all grow okay in a cold soil. Now, if your soil shallow and very stony, like it is here, birch, hawthorn, rowan, apple, cherry, whitebeam, hornbeam, horse chestnut, beech, pines, hazel—all of those will work in a shallow uh, soil because they'll weave themselves around the stones. As I say, there was a bit of plywood in there. That. That's not going to be a problem to that hazel there. It will get through there. So again, that was uh, if you're stony, birch, hawthorn, rowan, crabapple, cherry, whitebeam, hornbeam, horse, chestnut, beech, pines, hazel. Now, if it's heavy clay soils, and some people in the week were talking to me about this, order and willows, definitely a gain. Birch, holly is good in clay. Hawthorn, blackthorn, the crabapples gain, and hazel. So you can get quite a bit of nourishment from your clay there. Now, if you're in a confined space, you've got small garden, small yard. You haven't got much space for trees. Best trees maybe is birch, beech, hawthorn, order, willow, hornbeam, cherry, and hazel. All of those you can keep small. Uh, you can coppice them a bit, pollard them. You might have noticed where I was. Some of the willows have been pollarded. They look as if they've been, <laughs> had a serious haircut but you wait, if I show those in about six weeks time, they'll be like lovely balls of leaf, they'll be fantastic. It's amazing how quickly that comes together. Now, if you've got light sandy soil, well, there's not much of that in Ireland, uh, but good for the sandy soil is the be- birch pines and then the major trees, the oak, ashes and elm, and also the hazel, uh, the chieftain trees, they're all great in the sandy soil. Uh, but you you can add more tree species with your own experience. So uh, let me uh, see what you're saying on this. And amazing! Time has flown past. Wow. Um, so what's this? Uh, Bears uh, got old socks, cut them in strips. Oh yeah, that, I've seen that. That's a great tie. Yes, wonderful. Yes, especially those socks that come out of the washing machine where you put two in and only one comes out. There's your tree ties. More than you can handle. Amazing. Um, bicycle tires. There's another one. Use up old inner tubes of bicycle tires. There we go. Upcycle. Way to go. Um, and Elizabeth, uh, yay! Uh, here, loud and clear. That was just when I was actually yapping away uh, and miming. Uh, you get the idea. Very good. <laughs> Hazel in its nest. Earlier, Claire was saying. So right. I we. Uh, Can you drink sap from the Himalayan? Where are we going? Oh yeah, you certainly can. Uh, It comes out very watery. Uh, It's worth actually putting it on a low heat the way that you actually make a sauce, you know, French style, uh, turn it into a syrup, uh, make it into a reduction, very precious. You don't get as much as from a maple, of course. It's less than a quarter of what you get from the maple, but the water itself is uh, pretty good. Good as well. Yeah, go. Oh, Himalayan. That's another one that's very good for a limited space. And it's very hardy. It's a lovely tree. I don't think we got any here. I've always promised myself to get some. So thanks for that, uh, Sherry. Uh, It's a great import tree to have. Uh, I think uh, we caught up. Anyway, and uh, I've been on nearly an hour already. And uh, there was a couple of things I want to chat about. I was going to talk a bit about Ted Cook by leaving to next week. Uh the Woodland League Forest in a Box. And here's uh something I'm gonna talk about over the next couple of weeks. Well, I've got some photos up for that at least. So let's uh since I got these photos up, let's start talking about this a bit, as I say. Forest in a box created by the Woodland League. And I hope to attract uh Andrew St. Ledger uh to explain this lovely Woodland League project. Uh us on one of the Sunday sessions, maybe next week or the week after. See how it's tied up for a tree week. And there he is with some school children. They're assembling their forest in a box. And uh, his inspiration uh, for this was inspired by a film called Call of the Forest. Uh, If you've been here visiting, you might have seen it or elsewhere, it's been going around Ireland. It's Call of the Forest directed, presented and produced by Diana Beresford-Kroeger. And Andrew and Ledger is in a section of that film, of that movie, and they talk about the native forestry of Ireland and even the foundation of the Brown laws in Ireland and how it relates to the forestry fascinating section. Now, Forest in a Box is a project mainly used by schools. Um, there's a bit of a school and there's Andrews and Ledger kind of guiding some school children there. That must be quite recent because he got masks on. Oh, goodness me. And uh, it's also with community groups that are thinking about uh, building up a neighbourhood from scratch and they might not know anything about tree planting. This is a good way to start. This is our own miniature nursery for the woodland, the small woodland that's about to get started. Um, so as you can see, this starts with a wooden box and it's got quite high sides there and you can see the high sides. And the participants, usually children, they collect up forest floor material. They place it in that box there, like I think that's what they're doing there. And this is, um, this. Is, there's actually mesh on the bottom of that because that stops uh, buggies and things coming up and eating the seeds that are being sown. Now the children, they actually collect the seeds from local native woodland. So what they're gonna plant is truly native. It's, uh, they're gonna have trees from seeds that are within a couple of kilometers where they live. So that's really the way to go. Keep it very local. Uh, oak's popular uh, for doing that because you can identify um, acorns and plant those. Hazel is another one. Order you got those kakins. uh, Beech, sycamore with the wings. Uh, hawthorns might be on the ground. Uh, bury some last year, maybe some Rowan and even using uh, dried up crab apples. All those, uh, get all those seeds, mix them up, put them into the box, uh, in with the forest uh, materials that have been collected, uh, put a lid on the box, and some more mesh uh, placed on the top. Uh, that prevents beings entering from the top into uh, into the box. And with this, um, up to 200 seeds can go into one of these boxes and they can sprout and grow plants in every box. And it's amazing. There's room for 200 seeds to sprout. And then you can plant them out into um, into pots uh, and you can pull them out as bare roots later on, just like you do with any nursery. So you've actually got a nursery of new plants that you've collected within a couple of kilometers where you live, and you're gonna start up in your own school Woodland, you're going to start up your own garden sanctuary, you're going to start your neighborhood, all from that box, and it's going to turn into a woodland. Uh, even this tree labyrinth here, which is a quarter of an acre, uh, that could have been supplied by one and a half of those boxes, two boxes, would have done the whole thing uh, here in one go. So eventually, these plants are planted out into the new woodland. And this is going to be the main feature that I'm going to talk about with woodland sanctuaries next Sunday. Or you can use those plants to replace dead trees uh, in existing woodlands in your neighbourhood and covering blank spaces as well. Now the box sides there. Uh, let's have. A, let's go back to the box sides. Uh, those. are, uh, that's not a very good one, is it? Let's try this one. Those box sides there. They act like a shelter, just like the woodlands. They've got other trees sheltering, and uh, it also forces the trees to compete for the light. Now, the cost of one of these boxes is about 500 euros, which sounds like a lot of money, but that covers the materials uh, and the tuition. Woodland League send a teacher who will drive to anywhere in Ireland to show you how to get your box going, assembling it, and be with you to gather seeds. So you really get a lot of consultancy help, uh, and you're not left on your own because uh from that one visit it's an ongoing consultancy it's just a 500 euro flat fee hopefully i will have andrew on to explain that more uh but there's various fund uh if you're worried about the 500 uh euros this is ireland there's various fundraising ideas just message me and i talk about it now you a lot of you here watching from uh, the uk watching from london watching from the usa i hope that you could inspire that idea it's quite easy to put together a small uh, replica of that, uh, get small raised beds tall, you get the idea, it's something you can put together yourself, if uh, it works for you and your home sanctuary, maybe it's something you can do for your neighborhood and nearby, help teachers, school children, uh, $500, that's very reasonable for your time, labor, because there is a lot to do that, and of course, if you've got profit from that, you can help uh, various other tree projects. It just keeps evolving itself. As I say, I'll get Andrew to, uh, to talk about this as soon as possible, maybe next Sunday uh, or the Sunday after. Uh, so, uh, what are you uh, saying at the moment? Romania, yeah. There's a, there's an inspiration there. Uh, some use two men-handed screws to dig the hole. Yeah, there's various, I didn't go into the uh, various tools. People have been talking about that. And the other thing I didn't demonstrate if there'd been audio was what uh, comparing with the fuss that I was uh, doing there, d- digging a hole, putting the compost in. Now, if you're doing forestry work and you've got whips, you're not going to plant a thousand trees like that. Um, the two things I've done on mass forestry uh, is, um, is cut a V-notch and draw it back with a spade put your plant in, put the V notch back, maybe a bit of compost or something, bang with your foot, and the tree will look after itself. Uh, you won't get many dead ones uh, from that. The important thing is don't try, uh, forestry plantations, are in a row, aren't they? Uh, avoid the row. Try to make them more scattered, more natural um, through doing that. And some people, they zip along and they just do a single cut. And pull that back and put the tree, and that will work. And just boot that in. Some people do that, but this is commercial forestry. It's when you've got big woodland. My main focus today is what you do in your garden, what you do in your own personal sanctuary. So I haven't used fancy tools, but thanks for bringing that up because Romania is a huge tree country and very important. And uh, I love that you brought that one up. Thank you uh, very much there uh, and. Uh, Who was that, by the way? Oh, lovely. That's Alex Brown. That's coming uh, from Twitch. Thank you very much. That's the first Twitch comment I've had that's not uh, spammy. So we're moving on Twitch. So lovely. Thank you. I'm so pleased to get that one through. So there you have it. Um, And then how old uh, to get this up? Oh, I would say uh, really 10 years. Yeah, Uh, you could try after five, but Wait until you know your birch. How can there's the camera? Wait until your birch trunks at least that thickness. And that's often 10 years. Um right. And uh I'm going into overtime now, and I um anyway. Uh what else have I got? There's something out, uh, trees for life. I wanted to mention, and I haven't had time to put it in. Look for treesforlife.com. I think I might take it this on treesforlife.com. Uh, they've been going for 20 years. Right. They've been going 25 years. Wonderful. They're in Scotland um, and. Yeah. And uh, they've been rewilding huge parts of the Scottish Highland. And I'm sorry I haven't got the photos, but their work includes planting native trees, improving habitats to increase wildlife. And the main project, and I would have, I uh, may, I wish I'd got the photos. Maybe I'll add them next week. But they've been uh, restoring the Caledonian forest, and that was a monstrous forest that stretched from Ullapool right up in the north of Scotland, uh, up in uh, beyond Ross, up uh, Sutherland, and it stretched all the way down, down the west, all the way down to Loch Lomond. And you cannot go and plant your trees with trees for life but you can donate to them you can volunteer uh once the COVID's out of the way although i think they've got distancing going on and uh even go on their rewilding apprenticeships uh now i'd like to uh i think that's all i need to say over an hour please ask me some more questions uh, and i will uh before i finish off here uh, say what's coming up uh, what questions have you got? I'm I'm going to be looking at these uh, your questions. Question and answer time for the next few minutes. I trust you have enjoyed uh, this sort of hacky sort of tree planting tip so far this afternoon. Uh, but it is really over to you now. Ask questions. Anything that's been talked about. And uh, uh, I sorry, I haven't got any tree related poetry, tree planting-related poetry. Time's getting on, so I'll move on. Uh, uh, Talk about tree planting, little or large, whatever you're doing. And uh, So I look forward to uh, stories from your beautiful living sanctuary of trees and biodiversity. Now, these are Karakuri and Sunday sessions, as I say, they're brought to you by the Patreon subscribers. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, now coming up on the Sunday sessions have I got pictures, I hope i got pictures for this, next week as I say is the tree sanctuary creation labyrinth gardens and tree sanctuary creation uh, and I got a picture of Claire this is the tree labyrinth, here. I've showed you this last week, this is as it was in the early stages you might see a few of the little uh, bare rooted, this was not long after the bare rooted plants were in Claire's doing a bit of weeding there And just behind Claire's head is where I'm sitting now, uh, which is the Willow Cairn. And so this was 13 years ago. And that's how that was. So maybe you'll be starting off with something like that next week. Maybe you got something. We'll talk about that. Labyrinth Gardens and Tree Sanctuary Creation next week, 14th of March. And then the following week, uh, it's... um, it's our first birthday of the Caracorey Sunday sessions online, and uh, do you know? I've one thing I forgot to mention. Today is the 50th edition of Caracorey Sunday sessions. So today's the 50th. Uh, so we've had 50 of them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> probably maybe one of the most memorable we've seen. But the on the um, in two Sundays' time. It's the birthday of Sunday Sessions Online, and we'll go back to where we started on the 21st of March. It's going to be Us and Trees, and there's the. I'm going to have to update that website. Uh, Us and Trees, what can we do? So there's going to be a lot of continuation from today, a uh, lot of continuation from Tree Sanctuary that we'll be covering next week. So uh, we'll really be tying it up uh, quite well uh, during during two weeks time on our first anniversary, first birthday. I haven't got any pictures for the one after that. On the 28th of March, it's gonna be well back into the folklore. We've already got guests set up for that as well. And that's the title is Trees in Water Folklore. So that will be all that we've done with the practicals with the trees over the next couple of weeks bring that back into the folklore, into our psyche and our own passion and our own connection. That's gonna be trees in water folklore 28th of March. And then through April and May is right into the sheep folklore again, especially in relation to our new spring and early summer gardens. We'll be right into the gardening in April and May. Most of the frost will be gone. The days will be averaging well over 10 uh, to 15 degrees, uh, 50 to into the sixties. Fahrenheit uh, here, which, of course, a lot of you watching will be into the 90s by then. But uh, anyway, there's going to be that folklore and, uh, and how it's affecting us and, and how we're using it. Uh, so let's see uh, a few more comments. Have you asked any more questions? Uh, questions and answers still open uh, for that. So let's see what you've gotten. Cake next week. Who's going to send the cake then? <laughs> I uh, I can imagine if I did cake, if it's been like putting this Sunday session together, I can imagine what the cake might look like. Uh, we'd have to have a pretend cake. <laughs> uh, and Elizabeth, thank you for this. Uh, sorry I didn't have the photos and videos uh, this time. Um, and so it, it's just, it just was me and even me with a bit of mime without sound, uh, but that's the way it goes uh, with this. Um, of course, and it's still been a huge pleasure. Thank you for joining as well and all those comments. Um, uh, So it's back to guests, and pictures and videos over the next three Sundays at least. Uh, Keep commenting here, if you're watching this as the archive later on, some of you will come out of the garden and watch this during the evening. Some of the Southern Hemisphere people will be watching through our night. Uh, So thank you all and keep commenting. Enjoy the subscribe, there's bell icons on YouTube and I think Facebook and that will click those and you'll be reminded the details of each Sunday session coming up. So what I will say to you now, of course, as I always do, and I'm always reluctant to say my farewells to you, but enjoy a safe week uh, full of wonder, uh, inspirations and enchantment. I feel a few drips of rain coming earlier because it's supposed to be showery tonight. So until next Sunday, uh, play well. It's that's it from me, and bye bye. <laughs>